0: Welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Oh. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters
1: of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam.
2: Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mister Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Oh. Sam Tripoli. Oh.
1: With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi Ryan. We're I'm the first this gay the- couple of conspiracy the- theories. Yep. I think it's beautiful, man. Hold oh, <laughs> <out> up there, partner. Say that again dark realm crazy shit
2: wake up Aaron. there's reptile people everywhere
1: hey man what's hey the man. truth there dog
0: oh what the fuck are you guys even talking about
1: are you ready to get your mind blown? revolution will be podcasted Oh, we're going without the music? Okay, and welcome to Tim Foil Hat. I'm Sam Tripoli. Ryan, unfortunately, couldn't make it today. So, yes, I'm, I'm doing this one alone. And I'm kind of sad because we have two episodes in a row that are going to be pretty amazing. So, I wish he was there. It, uh, I couldn't make it today. We'll figure it out. It's all good in the hood. Guys, it is the week of all weeks. This week, Tim Foil Hat is live at the... Co- Corner Comedy Club in Niagara Falls, Canada. That's right, man, and tickets are flying. Dude, I'm so excited. We've already sold a bunch of tickets. You Canadians, you're deep in the conspiracies. You want to come out and see Eddie Bravo and myself and also uh, grab those tickets cuz I believe the shows will all sell out, which will be a huge a huge statement on the show and the fan base. So, thank you for all your support, Canada. We love you very much. Again, go to the cornercomedy.com and grab those tickets. And then October 3rd, I am at the Brea Improv. That's right, Brea Improv. I have the Smash Brothers, Corey and Chad. George Perez, uh, Mike Tully, and my good friend, Mike Catherwood. And we're going to be doing a big show there. So go grab those tickets now. It's going to be an action-packed show. Uh, T-shirt site is down. We're going to get that going. And then um, the Patreon is rocking. We'll have something out this week. But it keeps growing and growing. And we always appreciate your feedback. So that's where we're at, homeboy. That's where we're at, man. What an incredible week we have coming up. Um, this show is going to be amazing. I'm really honored to have our guest on. Uh, he's kind of the, I guess you could say, the founding father of all this kind of internet conspiracy, uh, uh basically knowledge being put out. You know, he was one of the first ones to start putting out these videos. And, you know, we're very, without him, there's no tinfoil hat, man. Without him starting the whole movement, and we're honored to have him on. Please welcome to the show. Uh, I- I'm going to call him my good friend because so, I hope from here on we could work together a whole bunch. Uh, Freeman Fly, everybody. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you, Sam. Hey, I'm, I'm ready, man. I'll join the team.
1: Yeah, you're on, dude. You're in, dude. Let's get a mystery van, a dog that talks, and let's go fight crimes.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast, man, because like we were talking off here, you were one of the originators of all this stuff. Can you tell us a little about your podcast?
2: Yeah. Uh, freemantv.com is where you find it. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I started a podcast, I didn't even know what that word was. I've never heard it when I started. Somebody's like, Hey, you want a radio show? I was like, sure. Why not? I already had the TV show at that time, uh, in Austin access, you know, Alex would get his butt up and I'd sit my butt down, you know, it was, uh, we shared studio. Um, so it was pretty interesting, you know, I guess I'm thinking about how I came to this. Like most people awaken and they realize, oh, my God, there's something crazy going on in the world. And I can't believe this is all happening. What's this wizardry, sorcery and all that going on? But for me, I, when I learned about it back in 91, when I learned about Freemasonry and all of that kind of situation, I realized even extraterrestrials that it wasn't out there in the world. It was at my house. It was in my home Right, right, yes Yeah, I want to get into all that Because your story is amazing
1: Um, What is the name of your podcast? So everybody can The Free Zone The Free Free Zone.
2: Zone You can find it everywhere It's on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher You know, the whole works Until they cut me off, right? And of course, YouTube as well. And
0: uh, yeah, yeah, you can
1: find it everywhere. You go deep on a lot of. I I was checking out some of your episodes. You go pretty deep. I really love what you're doing, man. Like we're kind of the training wheels, where you're like the real deal. I mean, you're out there getting it, and it is. Really amazing. What is your take right now on Alex Jones and all that situation? Uh, you know, there was a the whole thing. He's, you know, you've we've heard the conspiracies about him. He's controlled opposition. Uh, he's Bill Hicks. Uh, they're trying to silence him. There's a lot of different thoughts on that. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, um, you know. My first time to get meet Alex Jones was at the studio, and I tried to find him. I had no idea who he was when it began, when I began. I didn't know of Alex Jones. Uh, But I was in Austin, Texas, starting this TV show, and I heard about this guy, and I was like, wow, let me go find him. Went looking for Alex and uh, his, uh, you know, his address is a lie, so I couldn't find him. So I ended up in the studio uh, in the Access Studios, which was a total lark. I, I was only in Austin for the weekend, and somebody asked me to do a television show, and I ended up doing it for the next five years. But once I became a producer there at Access Studio, then I ran into Alex for the first time. So I kind of felt like the universe had set me up to be on the same level as him so I could speak with him, you know? Right. And I was like, so I hear you're the only guy who ever predicted nine eleven, or the other one that predicted nine eleven, other than myself. And he's like, well, uh, not to the day. And I was oh. like, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, then I was like, well, you know that that owl isn't, uh, Molech right? You know, it's the goddess. It does with you know, Columbia, Minerva, all of that, Athena. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's out there now. And uh, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, and I'm like, so change it. You know? uh, but uh, so, yeah, so I got a chance to school Alex, got to meet a lot of his friends and got to kind of get in there and see who he was. So I never honestly believed that he was controlled opposition, but that he was uh, still exactly what was necessary. So when I predicted 9-11, my exact phrase was there's going to be a major terrorist attack on 9-11. Don't freak out. This is all for your reaction. And technically, Alex Jones be, would be what I was expecting as that reaction, the opposition. And, and so, you know, as long as you're in the fight, you're doing what they want. That's kind of the thing.
1: That's interesting. That's interesting. So even this show, which likes to talk about geopolitics, we're trying to somewhat get off that and I, I, I not do it as much. Just because I just feel like we're just we've talked about so much. I want to explore the paranormal, ufology, all that stuff. But even a show like this, you would say is playing into their hands.
2: Yeah, even my own. I'm very careful about uh, not creating oppositions and trying to, you know, put things out there that you can wonder. You know, the catchphrase for the show is wonder without fear. Um, so yeah, there, there are ways to go about this without stirring up the ire of everyone and causing this, you know, whole divide that happened. Uh, yeah. uh- but then, you know, to witness Alex Jones be shut down by every corporation and one file swoop. Now, when they came for Alex, they came for me as well. It's just that I quickly deleted a bunch of the videos on my YouTube channel. Uh, so that they wouldn't, because they were retroactively applied. I don't even know if deleting them mattered, but when Jim Fetzer went on Alex Jones, they came after him about Sandy Hook. I had Jim Fetzer on my show many years ago as well about Sandy Hook, and they came and gave us all the strikes. So I was almost taken down, but I didn't get that third strike because suddenly you know, whatever changed, changed, and they said, oh, sorry, we had hired some people that didn't know what they were doing. Uh, But it was obviously personal attack because there's a mirror channel of my YouTube channel. Exact same name, all my videos. I don't know who's doing it or why it's there, but whatever. I don't care. you know,
1: Uh, get that with this show as well.
2: Right. But it's an exact mirror of everything. Right. Uh, But, uh, you know, the the offending videos, the ones that I got the strikes for are still on that channel. So obviously it was a personal attack towards those that actually have an impact.
1: Oh, I, I totally 100% believe it. You get, I, I think you get on a list and they tell them that, Hey dude, we're super sensitive about what he's talking about. And so it's easier to get a check on something without a doubt. I mean, like when I upload videos, I'm very particular about the words I use. And if it's too, like, it's too, I don't know if I deep state uh, I, I don't put any of that in it
2: because yeah, I've been talking to Echelon since the nineties, <laughs> right? It's just, you know, like I literally speak to the agents at Echelon, you know, Ashley who's Echelon. I mean, I, I uh, that was the original telecommunication network set up in Australia. The first big brother, uh, was really, Echelon. Yeah back in the nineties. And so if you said code words or, or trigger words like bomb or terrorist or things like that, you would actually be triggered into the echelon system. And then they would even, you know, have an agent on you. So my friends used to call me and go bomb, 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 terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. (laughs) And then we'd know echelon was listening. And so we'd talk to the agents, you know, Hey, you guys know we're the good guys, right? Yeah. and uh, we'd leave messages on Echelon all the time.
1: <laughs> I always ask people this Do you ever get worried that you are looking too deep in the stuff?
2: Man, when I did the Anna Nicole story, I mean, everybody now is all pedo gate, pizza gate, and, you know, sex trafficking, right. child. Right. But when I did Anna Nicole, even the people around Alex Jones in Austin, Texas, and all of that, Uh, when I broke the story of Anna Nicole and her mind control and the result of Danny Lynn, the, her baby, like this story's crazy, but so true. But, uh, I felt like I was slapping Satan directly in the face and everyone around me was like, oh, you know, you're making too big of a deal of this and all of that. And I'm like, you guys are the awoke, you know, Yeah. if you're not on my side, then who is? And that, that was very frightening. You know, it takes about 10 years for people to finally catch up with what I'm saying.
1: So basically you were saying that who was controlling her, they, her handlers or uh, was it oh, deeper man. like MK Ultra stuff?
2: Definitely MK Ultra stuff. Definitely a, a very deep story. Like that clown face makeup she was wearing was the flag of Iran. Like, go look at it. Um, her baby. Now, what I did is I tracked the entire uh, court case of her body. When she had died, uh, they were in the Bahamas with Danny Lynn, her child. And in the Bahamas howard k stern would get danny lynn because uh the bahama laws say whoever's on the birth certificate gets the baby but in america you know it's dna right and so the oh, whole battle wow so they were trying to keep her buried in bahamas so that that howard k stern could keep the baby now why is danny lynn so important now this is what bubbled to the surface i love this uh, and I have this on video, you know, uh, Prince Frederick von Onhalt, this bizarre character that we rarely hear about. He owns Zsa, Zsa Gabor. I say he owns her because he's married to her and he keeps her locked with padlocks in his mansion. This wow. is known. It's open. You can Google it. You know, do whatever you want. It's Zsa Zsa Gabor, who is obviously one of the early mind control, uh, you know, type victim. Uh, uh, presidential right model mind control slave oh
1: oh, by Uh, the way though if i was in charge of mind control i would be doing hot strippers with big tits too that i would be just that's what you do right right i'd be putting all these strippers under mind control
2: (laughs) yeah 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 honestly i'm really good friends with kathy o'brien and uh, we stay in touch all the time and and you know so i get to see the other side and get to see a little bit of what this is but i didn't know anything at that point when I was doing this homework, well, I had managed to get a hold of uh, Transformation of America. I would gotten a uh, 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 program to kill, which is one that you definitely want to read. Yeah. Um, and then I was busting down the story. Well, it turns out that Prince Frederick von Anhalt is believed to be a boy from Brazil, that he's literally uh, Hitler's child because they supposedly in- inseminated Gretel Braun. Eva Braun's sister, with Hitler's semen, produced the closest child that that Eva and Hitler would come up with, and this was Prince Frederick von Anhalt. What? Yeah. And then Prince Frederick von Anhalt comes forward. It's on video. I have it in my Anna Nicole story. And says, well, actually, I'm the father of Anna Nicole's child. It happened on one of those nights that no one really remembers. Obviously, one of those eyes wide shut parties, right? And so he's claiming he openly, you know, on the news, Oh, no, no, I impregnated Anna Nicole, uh, you know, in a wild party. We were just doing it. Yeah. And they're so all he's like, so this would make uh, Danny Lynn, uh, Anna's daughter, the grandchild of, of Adolf Hitler. What? OK, so now we realize that Anna Nicole had been married off to a 93 year old Nazi oil tycoon. And everybody's like, what is she doing marrying this 93 year old man? Right. You remember Holy that Holy shit, dude? Well, he was a Nazi oil tycoon. Guess who got the billions? Hitler's granddaughter. Oh, right? my God,
1: dude. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I and didn't I got even think film, about that, know? dude. I didn't even yeah. think about that. It's like, yeah, you're like, okay, she's such a gold digger and she's marrying an 88-year-old man. Or maybe she just didn't have a – dude, that makes sense to me. This whole thing is just, just – you know the more and deeper i go into this stuff the more i start learning that there's a there's a level of evil in some human beings that i, I can't even fathom and and that is half the reason why nobody wants to believe it is right. because it is so evil and they couldn't imagine them doing it but they don't realize that you know there are people out there like in business i mean some people i i bill Burr at a best He was like thank god steve jobs got into making telephones and computers, you know, cause God, because he had the, 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 uh, characteristics of like a third world dictator. Like the guy was driven and okay. he would just use, I mean, whatever it took to get the job done. Like, you know, here in Hollywood where I just see some of these people really blow up. I mean like not even like big, I'm talking like next level iconic big, like there's some, there's a, there's a soul, there's a price for that. And that's usually your soul and like, you know, and things you'll do to get that can make people like do some pretty nasty shit.
2: And it's really would, ex- would explain transhumanism. Yeah. They don't want to give up their soul, man. They wanna, yeah. They gotta, like, I got to stay here. Yeah. You
1: know? Or they, they're afraid of what goes on in the other side and they know it's going to be like, uh, you know, it's going to be pretty ugly. It's going to be. Inter- wow. It- that's so interesting. How'd you get into all this? Like, where does it start?
2: Well, for me, it started in community college. Uh, I was in an honors program with a bunch of geniuses, and one of them I call Alistair Morrison. Because he was like a cross between Crowley and Jim Morrison, just a crazy guy that was deep into all this stuff, had all the Crowley books, had all the Mason stuff. I had never heard of any of this until I met him in this course, which was called Interdisciplinary Studies. It's a two and a half year course that was obviously set up by the Club of Rome and was programming us into this Big Brother state. It was crazy. But of course, us being like artists and, and rebels, we you know took it to the opposite side. But so my friend comes to us in the class and he's like, well, yeah, you know about the esoteric. And we all laughed because we had never heard that word before. And we're like, esoteric, what does that mean? He says, well, it means you don't know what it means. (laughs) And we're like, oh, God, all right, whatever. we, We didn't give him much credit, right? Even though he was super genius. And so he starts showing me the books and I see the Freemasonry stuff and I see the symbols. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know these symbols. They're in my dad's top drawer. I used to wear these symbols to play Battlestar Galactica when I was a kid. Really? And he, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, dude, your dad's a mason. I, no way. Not at all. No. Uh. Uh-uh. uh. Until I went and asked. <laughs> now, when I was born, my dad was building nukes. He was working for a company called Martin Marietta. And at one point we had to move to North Dakota from Florida to go build nukes up there.
1: Oh, man. Uh, What was that like? Talk about culture shock (laughs) and weather shock.
2: shock. I was in second grade, so it wasn't too much. But, uh, yeah, we're talking 10 foot high, 12 foot high walls of snow. So, yeah, from Florida to that, it was pretty crazy, you know, having to slide out your window sometimes to get out of the house uh so when, that's how i found out that yeah. I built new you know
1: but when you when you went to talk to your dad what was that conversation like
2: well, i started bringing it up and he's like well i'm not really into all that gobbledygook i i just use this to too well in business but then it turns out there's this whole huge story of uh that my mom was Eastern star. She was Esther in the Eastern star. She was Nazi youth. My mom, she was like, like when I talk to my mom about this stuff, like Walt Disney, right they're they're at the top of my evil list, right? People
1: don't even want to ever talk about that. Like, I mean, it's just the history of some of these companies and what they really are and what they, what people think they are right now. Is just unbelievable.
2: I mean... Oh, you got to be scared of Disney, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. And now they own, like, what, 60% Everything. of the market share? I mean, they just Everything. bought all of, like, Fox Studio stuff up. So they just ate that. The only thing they didn't buy was, like, their news. So yep. that Fox News is its own thing now. But I think right. that's all done on purpose to act like it's, like, a counterpoint to MSNBC or CNN. So it's all... It's all like controlled opposition shit, but you know, still that's just, I mean, they own so much and you know, their history and what they were founded on and Walt Disney himself, what he dabbled in like shady shit, man.
2: Yes, absolutely. There is zero conclusive proof to say that Walt Disney, the man was a Freemason just so that people stop saying that Okay, his brother Roy was, you know, it's not like this stuff's hidden. Uh, You can go look, you know, and find who has been a mason and who hasn't. There's no record of Disney. And uh, they would absolutely have him displayed everywhere if he was. And he wasn't as far as I can find. So everybody, please stop saying that Walt Disney's 33rd degree. There's no evidence. Walt Disney Co.? Well, Disney Company, absolutely without question, heavily Freemasonic, deep into this, and every ride in Disney World is a uh, manufacturer of world weapons, right? It's uh, you go in and you pay for the war machine in Disney. Uh, they have Siemens on their uh, on the big buckyball Ball in there, and they you know find their corporate logo on Auschwitz. You know,
1: oh for uh, sure, dude. I mean, like, Bayer, all these banks, they all funded all that stuff.
2: Well, they're they're on the ride, you know what I mean? <laughs> like Martin Marietta, my dad built nukes for Martin Marietta. They have a ride at Disney World, right? It's a small one. It's nothing, but they're there. You know what I mean? Uh, GE, RCA, which was a Nazi corporation, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. They're all there, uh, and, and they're funded through this ride, right? Uh-huh. And even, so give you an example, when you go on Space Mountain, When you come off Space Mountain, you're traumatized, right? Maybe you enjoyed it, but you're traumatized, right? You're in an altered state. Then they take you on this nice, comfortable people mover that you kind of just move along. And they show you what your future's going to be. They show you uh, your teacher on television, you know, computers, uh, microwave, dishwashers, uh, uh, you know, home gardens, all the transhumanist stuff. And then at the end of this little exit, uh, you're on the camera. Like just everywhere. Big brother. This is Monsanto (laughs) and not uh, not undercover. So since the 70s, Monsanto has been programming every single person that rode through Space Mountain as to what the future will be and what it'll hold and all of that. So, you know, it was Disney that got Monsanto on the label. Back in the the World's Fair, and I mean that's how long Disney Monsanto Satanism goes together. But Disney's like as dangerous as it can come, and no one notices. And I talk about it a lot, but my mom, you know, I try to tell my mom and my dad these sort of things, and my mom's like, "Well, no, 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 I met Walt Disney. He's a lovely man." And sure enough, she has. She has all of these uh, mousketeer certificates, and I still have them all. The things personally handed to my mom from Walt Disney, I have. Uh, and then, you know, I'm like, well, you know, when we had Pope Benedict, and uh, he was, I, I was like, he's a Nazi youth from Bavaria. And she's like, I'm a Nazi youth from Bavaria. You know, I can't get anything past my mom. I'm like, no, oh, you just gotta. But you know, it keeps you on a le- even keel. If you got your your dad's a Freemason, your mom's a Nazi youth from Bavaria, and was raised by a witch, and uh, your dad's building nukes and chasing flying saucers for Blue Book, then you gotta kind of start to look at the people. You know what I mean? Like, I have a more open look at the people involved and instead of like just having the specter of the Illuminati that everybody else sees.
1: What did you think your dad was doing before you found out what he was really doing or did you always know what he's doing and then this just made it seem, I don't know if I want to say a little more sinister maybe or that it wasn't exactly what you thought it was?
2: Well, you know, consider it took me till college and I went to college when I was 25 to find out any of this. And it was only when I discovered it that he came clean. And so then I started seeing things, started to understand things. I should have brought you some pictures. If I knew we were on camera, I would have brought you some. Um, But, you know, so throughout my entire life, I didn't know any of this, but it turns out that maybe dad had to leave the brotherhood to marry my mom because my mom was married to one of the grand potentates, as she called it, uh, in Kaiserslautern. And my dad took my mom from him. Uh, agreeably, I guess they, they agreed that she was going to go, but, uh, you can't marry another worshipful master's wife, even if they're divorced. So dad may have had to leave masonry to marry my mom. I still never could figure any of that out. Yeah. I was going to interview my dad for the television show. The Freeman perspective was my television show. He was one of my first whistleblowers. I was going to go grab and he died the day that I was supposed to interview him. Swear to God. That's and- crazy. No one knew why. No one expected it. Nothing. And so there's a lot of history that shows that my dad may have been a mind control slave of his own. I didn't know a whole lot about the man, honestly. He didn't well, speak.
1: I think that to go up into any level of any powerful institution, you there is a level of brainwashing going on. I don't care what you're talking about. You, you have to buy hook, line, sinker. The the corporate line uh not question it move forward whether it's the military u.s government hollywood like you see what some of these guys are tweeting out here and they're like there's no way a logical person could think that but it's all this virtue signaling that goes on that we are you know to let everybody know you're playing ball and you're uh you're you're going to toe the company line
2: I wouldn't yeah, doubt just it. Don't smoke, a, don't smoke a blunt on Rogan, right? Unbelievable, man.
1: How <laughs> crazy. My mother was
2: talking about that. My mom so talked my- about
1: Joe Rogan, uh, Elon Musk being on Rogan. That's how big that got. It's
2: crazy. It's already a wall art. It's already a t shirt. I mean, dude, that's gonna be a <laughs>
1: meme forever, dude. And yeah. it's just interesting to see how like the guy. You know, sometimes when you're that smart, you can be stupid. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like oh, yeah. you're so – like I know people who look at other humans as data. They they, they study them as data. Like what – what you know, if you follow baseball, that would be small ball analytics, basketball analytics. They look people at people analytically, and it's almost like – they see through like a Terminator lens where, you know, the Terminators be like, boop, 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 boop. And numbers are crunching right here. I know a ton of people that are super smart. And that's how they, everything's broken down into like, uh, you know, patterns and data Um, that you get so smart into that. You don't you don't understand just human emotion. And just, so I'm either thinking he's so smart, he's clueless or he's trying to, my opinion is he's trying to take the company back and he's he, he's trying to tank tank the stock so it gets so low they actually has enough money to buy it back because he had mentioned that before and now it d- dips and i'm wondering what rogan's take on on that dip is because mm. everybody's talking about the show but do you want to have a show where somebody loses billions of dollars too like that right that's an in, i would love to know his take on that and yeah. I, you know i'll see him tomorrow night and we'll We'll find out what that is. But what's your take on SpaceX? On what? On uh, SpaceX oh, and Elon Musk.
2: Ma- oh, man. I've been tracking that since the day before it began. Uh, I have an entire section on freemantv.com called Space War News. And I was oh, yeah. tracking this system when Obama was bringing down the Constellation, stopping the, the open space program and turning it into the military, the Airy space program. And, of course, he came on the platform of I will not weaponize space and that the X-37B orbits our planet to this day. Uh, you know, I've been tracking that for, what, a decade? You know, it's been going on. So uh, SpaceX, I was watching as the NASA astronauts began tra- uh, uh, practicing for the space dragon, right? So look at their their craft, right? If we're going to look at Illuminati symbolism, they have Merlin engines. You know, there's your wizard. Yeah. Uh, the Falcon rocket with the dragon capsule. And, you know, I mean, I know I know, Elon's whimsical and all of that, no, but you dude. know, it, it kind of builds into this, but it's definitely building into this space force that, you know, Trump thinks he thought of, even though I've had it on my website for 10 years.
1: Yeah, I, and then you had like uh, whatever Reagan was trying to do with it. And it's like, it's just a wonderful way to just get more money. I think it's just all this is a great way to get more money. I mean, NASA's making 50 mil a day. NASA costs us 50 mil a day. And like, what do we, I mean? Like, okay, we got to, I, you know, I can't get fucking service in Burbank on my phone, but yet we're spending all this money on, on, on space. It just, it's something's up. And I know, you know, Eddie, Eddie Bravo's my good friend. He's, on, he's on the show all the time. And, you know, he doesn't believe anything about space and, he, you know, he gets a lot of shit for it. And I, I, you know, I support him and he can believe whatever he wants, you know. Uh, but something's definitely up. Something's definitely up. It doesn't make sense. And it's just, I don't know why people feel this... N- This necessity to just believe the official line. I think maybe they're just too busy or they just don't really want to know. They're just so scared of what the truth is that they'd rather accept a lie to the last second whenever the new kits or whatever that is. It's very interesting. So you found out your father was in the Freemason and did this cause uh, cause you to go kind of on just a journey to learn more about it?
2: Definitely. That was exactly it. I was like, I got to understand this thing. I read Morals and Dogma through and through. I got the Masonic Bible, checked it all out, uh, went to the Temple of the 33rd while I was occupying Bill Clinton's White House. I think we were the first to occupy. We did that in 90 what 3 <laughs> when we took over bill clinton's white house that was a lot of fun mm. but uh I, you know i ended up going into the the temple then in the supreme council of the 33rd and trying to dig up what i could and i learned a lot you know i learned every ritual i know all the secret handshakes the code words and uh, i can describe the rituals and it was in learning the rituals and the symbols that relate to those rituals that gave me the understanding to unfold the occult corporate logos yeah. so
1: so i want to get you... into that i just want to get into because kind of the history of freemason then we'll, i would love to get into that because i mean wh- when i started reading like i went over your website and i started looking at all the corporate logos i'm like holy shit it is insane how much symbolism they use. But real quick, just give a quick history of the Freemasons. Where, where did the Freemasons start? Uh, was there a start? Was it always around? Or was there just a moment that it, it started and then from there, boom, it, it, where we are today?
2: Well, strangely, you can track it back to Akhenaten, uh through the Rosicrucians.
1: Uh, Tell uh, me what that is. I, 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 I'm just... Okay, compared to you, I'm brand new into this whole thing. So sure. tell me what all okay. that is.
2: Yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, it's funny because I did think Akhenaten was an, a household name. <laughs> I like King Tut, you know. I just thought everybody knew. Uh, that's kind of education I had throughout my youth. You know, I was always into weird stuff. So I love I think it, it's, dude. you know, genetic memory, really.
1: Uh, well, your but, dad was pretty high up in the masonry. I'm sure you like. Some of that were rubbed off on you, right?
2: Absolutely. I was into all of this before I knew, you know, my own connections to it. So uh, definitely, I feel there's, you know, obviously something to do with genetic memory and all of that. Oh but yeah. But Freemasonry, uh, Akhenaten, he's King Tut's dad, right? Right. Uh, and he is the strangest man. They they have him listed as the first. To, uh, Democrat, the first uh, real human, uh, the first humanist and all of that. Like if you look into Manly P. Hall, uh, who was a 33rd degree mason, uh, he he has a whole. There's a book called the uh, secret. Well, what is that? Oh, man, how am I going to forget? I'll wait for that to come back to me. But fine. uh, The secret destiny of America. Right. And first chapter is Akhenaten, the man who was born 2000 years too soon. Uh, The Rosicrucians, they claim now they're a magical order that was around for a long, long, long time, Uh, you know, depending on if you believe their mythology or not. But the Rosicrucians is one of the magical practices that came up through Egypt and was brought forward. Uh, So they they say that they were founded by Akhenaten as well. So if you guys go to the Rosicrucian shrine there in L.A., uh, I forgot exactly where it is. Um, I have a film on it, so you can see it. I will watch it that
1: I, for sure, uh, man.
2: You'll see that they have an entire shrine to Akhenaten there, right? Um, So Freemasonry kind of puts its roots back in Akhenaten. Akhenaten's the guy that's on every Ancient Aliens episode. You know, he's the cone-headed uh, pharaoh Yeah, that had big, wide hips, and everybody thought he was so weird. He did away with the multitude of gods and said, we worship just the sun now. Uh, all of that that was all Akhenaten monotheism like uh, uh, Freud, I think it was Freud believed that Akhenaten was Moses or Moses Akhenaten uh, because he created monotheism and then they killed him uh, and then they killed his family and they killed everybody and brought back the multitude of gods to Egypt you know but he was the one who said now we worship the aten the the sun so you can really track Freemasonry all the way back to that, but Officially, they began in 1717 in London, and I also have been to that lodge and have pictures for that.
1: Is that like the original Starbucks? It's like it's a big deal.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's it's even titled the 1717 Lodge, just so you know exactly when the Freemasons. But what we really find out is that the Knights Templar um, came up, had to to escape Pope, uh, the Pope and the King, right? Uh, right. Pope, uh, I'm thinking of their names. Sorry, go go check out Templar yeah, history. Yeah, for sure, for all sure. The names I, I think
1: know. I have it right or over. Go to here. my website.
2: Go your It was way. Uh, what Pope Clement and King the King of France that King that James I think
1: it was. Uh, yeah, no,
2: not James. I
1: have it right here. Uh,
2: if you look up Friday the Thirteenth, thirteen oh one. Yeah, thirteen oh seven. Yep. Uh, that's when you King will Phillips. Find King, King Phillips.
1: Phillips the fourth. And uh, what's the Pope? I can't find the Pope's name. So interesting, dude. That's why Friday 13th is such a like a insane day, right? And that is
2: the reason. Yeah.
1: I mean, they just made it like this thing where it's like, okay, these movies, it's known for this movies that, you know, everybody gets slaughtered. Well, what, what happened there is just like, basically, do you want to tell the story about the Knights Templar?
2: Yeah, I mean, we take in a lot of the Freemasonic ideals without ever realizing it, you know? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. That was their motto. You know, they changed it to happiness but uh, for America. But, yeah, you know, we take these things on. We adopt them. America is Freemasonry. I mean, our capital is the District of Columbia. Have you never wondered who Columbia is? Why we have a goddess as our capital? You know, all of that. Like, we just take it in, and we don't think about it at all. Uh, the Knights Templar were you know practicing sex rituals and black magic and uh, all of this demon worship and uh, they were they were in cahoots with uh, the assassins and practicing Muslim uh, Islamic magic and all of that uh, until they became so powerful. Because they controlled all the gold, uh, yeah, they, they were, were the have...
1: first to do um international banking, right, so you yep. could go, let's say you're going you're, you know you're in London and you want to go to France and you have all this gold, you could go to the London office, give them the gold, and when you get to the French office, they'll hand you the gold
2: they gave you their your first promissory note, yeah
1: there. yeah, yeah, yep. that's so, so interesting. that's how that whole came to be, and they got so much gold that King Philip the fourth. Uh, wanted his gold. They wanted their gold. Now right. I thought it was that he owed them gold, but that wasn't it. He just wanted their gold. So uh, he trumped up some charges, heresy, and it, some but, serious charges.
2: You know, we're talking about sexual molestation of children, and black magic. So were uh, they real? Pissing on the cross. So,
1: so they okay, were really okay. doing well,
2: it. All right, all right. So we get Pope Benedict, right? Right. This last uh, before Pope Francis. Now Pope Francis is a Jesuit. All right. Right. This is another order outside of Freemasonry kind of in cahoots or in battle with them. The Jesuit uh, Adam Weishaupt started the Illuminati, you know, as an opposition to Jesuitism, even as far as he's concerned. So realize that the current pope is a Jesuit and we've always had a black pope who was the Jesuit. Order's master, right? Yeah, it's and so this interesting.
1: Is always, I'm learning more and more about the Jesuits, man.
2: Yeah, man. They're like the original CIA, right? Oh uh, my these Jesuits God. were crazy. So, current Pope is a Jesuit, right? Which has never happened ever before. But the last Pope quit, right? Yeah. Which also has only it's happened once hap- before. Oh, yeah, once. 600 years ago. Really? Yeah. So, why do you uh, think he quit? Well, Pope Benedict, this uh, Nazi youth from Bavaria who looked very much like the Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars, yeah, uh, was a, was quite an aberration to the, the Roman Catholic Church. Man, this guy, um, even though, yeah, okay, well, I won't go there, but um, go wherever you so, want, dude. No, yeah, I was gonna. I don't want to tangent. Pope Benedict um, <clears throat> came out. He was searching for the Illuminati. He was in the deep recesses of the Vatican Library, which they. <gasps> quickly closed after this incident it has been open for 500 years. They closed it after this incident. The incident was that Pope Benedict was digging around, trying to find information on the Illuminati. And he found a 600 year old misplaced document that exonerated the Knights Templar of all their wrongdoings. And he announced it. You can go look anything I say up. Right. And he announced this. And next thing you know, the current Knights Templar are like, okay, well, Give us back all our gold then, you know? Where's our property? And then suddenly Benedict quits and a Jesuit takes over, right?
1: You oh, know? I don't man. know. together. <laughs> You're dropping some truth bombs. I love yeah. this, dude. Wow. It's so, like, you, they just can never give us the truth, huh? It's always got to be something crazy. There's always something deeper. Question everything.
2: Yeah, if you're not following the secret societies, then you're missing the whole puzzle. You know? So, so, yeah, I got...
1: Go on, go on, sorry.
2: I got deep into Freemasonry after that. And, you know, studying their weird rituals that have been practiced for thousands of years. And they've got this big Belgian black altar there in D.C. that they circle and uh, do death and resurrection rituals. And pretend to be a character, Hiram Abiff, that's rebuilding the, the Temple of Solomon. And so then all of this third temple in Israel and all of that also plays into this whole story and why, you know, we're so supportive of Israel. Um, it all goes back to the Masons building the third temple. Okay, tell me a little bit about that. Can I hear that? Uh, I don't know if I have enough data to, to honestly give you something. Uh, you know, I'm watching for that third temple to come as they, they've they sworn to rebuild Solomon's temple. But Solomon's temple was like an... an uh, a metaphor, but also a belief that there's a building that could channel entities like Ghostbusters. And so, you know, you got the UN building where they have their, or the master building in New York where, uh, was built for the guy who put the pyramid on the dollar bill, Nicholas Rorick. Um, now there's another interesting story. You know, you ever wonder how we got a pyramid on the dollar bill? Well, look into Nicholas Rorick and his, uh, his magical order. And he, uh, he was paid by the American government to go to Tibet and go in. And he he paints all of this, and he I, you can, I have all of his paintings on film as well on my YouTube channel and on my website. Uh, he paints himself going to these subterranean caverns with gra- giant crystals uh, with this golden or this glowing box that supposedly has a piece of Sirius in it. If you believe some of the theories about it, but whatever, he's got this glowing box that he paints himself going into these caverns with demonic kind of weird entities, gods in there, and him meeting these subterranean humans down there in the crystals and stuff. And he was paid by the American government. Uh, Henry Wallace, uh, uh, when he was in the Department of Agriculture, was uh, Rourke was his guru. And Rorick was paid by the government to go perform these these, uh, rituals with this item, which supposedly is in the New York building, in the Master Building. So they built him a bill. Okay. So he told Wallace, Hey, look, you know, we need to get this, uh, reverse side of the seal out to the public. We, everybody needs to see this. And so he convinced, uh, Wallace to actually put the pyramid on the dollar bill. It was Nicholas Rourke that put that out there, which is not an Illuminati symbol. <laughs> the Illuminati have never used a pyramid in the eye symbolism. It drives me crazy because I took so much time and effort to describe and decide and, and, uh, decipher these logos and what they mean and then everybody starts calling it Illuminati this Illuminati that which is a complete specter because there is
1: something to it though I was watching one of your videos about the top of the pyramid being put on and that's a big
2: issue too right like in Freemasonry okay right? not the Illuminati so these Two aren't Illuminati
1: symbols. Are oh, you saying on the dollar bills not Illuminati symbols it's Freemasonry symbols
2: Exactly.
1: And now the exactly. Illuminati and the uh, Freemasonry aren't the same
2: thing. No. As a matter of fact, George Washington was talking about the Illuminati infiltrating Freemasonry. If there was an Illuminati that was Freemasonry, it'd be the Scottish Rite versus the York right. Uh, definitely the two rights of Freemasonry are at battles with themselves.
1: Okay, so, so so who's who? We got? we got Jesuits banging with everybody. We got Freemasonry banging with everybody, and Illuminati banging with. And but no, they're not working together. They're all working on their own thing.
2: And you've got the Ordo Templi Orientis.
1: Well, who are those guys?
2: Uh, the OTO. That the, was Aleister Crowley's group. Oh. <laughs> and they claim to be the official Illuminati, the the direct descendants of Adam Weishaupt's Illuminati, but they are openly black magic, and they are uh, many Freemasons. So Freemasons will go into the OTO Lodge. Prote- you can watch the um, uh, Strange Angel, Jack Parsons, creating the space program, right?
1: Yeah, Jack Parsons. Uh, uh, and then there was this whole thing that L. Ron Hubbard was part of. Uh, oh, yeah, of Ron building Ron Hubbard, the NSA. Jack
2: Parsons, and Crowley were in a psychic battle this whole time, right? And yeah, (laughs) so they were magically dueling with each other during this situation. But, um, if you go watch this new television show on CBS access, you will find, um, which is of course, Columbia broadcasting, right? Back to your goddess Columbia in the eye.
1: uh, Who is she? What what does she represent? I
2: just want to make sure everybody knows that they can go actually openly watch the sex rituals of the OTO on CBS. Right, They have full frontal sexual magic rituals going on on CBS, which uh, is the OTO. That's the Ordo Templi Orientis, which is the Order of the Eastern Templar. That's what that means, Ordo Templi Orientis, is the Order of the Eastern Templar, which was the magical practices of Aleister Crowley. Uh, It existed before Crowley, but he altered it beyond you know, recognition, so now it's its own thing. And most of the satanic symbols that you'll see around that you don't even know are satanic, like the X-Men logo, uh, the X-Files logo, that mark of the beast, the O and the X, that is a satanic symbol, the mark of the beast, according to the O-T-O. Uh, So you see this everywhere, you know, it's on your Xbox, it's on the X X files and it's a secret satanic symbol that no one even realizes brand X of, you know, when Russell brand was in there. Oh my God. Um, It was everywhere. And so if you study the inner workings of the OTO, they tell you openly that they're channeling extraterrestrials, that their magic actually is intercommunication with extraterrestrials using ritual sex magic. So now you go back to Katy Perry and go watch her E.T. video again and think about it. Um, Oh,
1: for sure, dude. For sure, man. I mean, if you
2: watch like Lady Gaga's
1: halftime show and everybody Mm. thinks I'm crazy and I go Tell me the story of uh, uh, Lucifer Uh, within the Bible. What's the story? And the story is that he challenges God and he gets, you know, sent down to hell and it's blah blah, and he goes to hell and it's fire and it's brimstone and all that crazy shit. And I go, okay, so you just told me a story. Watch. Watch her have to—and I'm not a religious man, dude. I'm spiritual. I'm I'm not necessarily into any uh, discipline, but I will listen to whatever you have to say because I just love to hear the stories. Like, if you're Muslim, I'll hear about Islam. If you're a Christian, I'll hear about Christ. And if you're a Jew, I'll hear about uh, whatever Jews want to talk about, you know? So I'll hear all that stuff. But, you know, so I go, I'm not a religious guy, but watch that. And I just—it's fun to just—I just love watching, watching the wash come over their face as they just— yeah watch what they described play out in in, in front of them. And what happened was back in the day when these crazy religious preachers were calling rock and roll the devil's music, it left this real bad stain on when you say that there is demonic shit going on here. People start thinking you're one of those crazy people from the 50s. And when Elvis sh- shook his hips, everybody thought they were doing shout outs to Satan. And whether they were or were not, there's this kind of like poison that is associated with that, that way of thinking, closed mindedness. So when, when you say this stuff, people get real quiet. But I 100% see it.
2: For sure. And then try and tell them that that story of Lucifer doesn't exist. For sure. And I could take that, too. It's uh, not there. There's no story about Lucifer falling from heaven and being brought to the—it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Right. You go, go find it for me in the Bible and prove me wrong. So where does that, that story, story come from? That does not exist. Where's it come from? The the priestcraft. And really, it's more a Prometheus story. It, it goes more to Freemasonry, again, into the occult orders of man being God, you know, um, but the story, the, oh, there's only one mention of Lucifer in the Bible, only one word. And it's not even describing the devil. It's describing, uh, Oh, most believe that it was Nebuchadnezzar that, that portion of the Bible is describing when it says, Oh, Lucifer, how thou has fallen. Uh, it's, it's, uh, they're speaking to Nebuchadnezzar. Now get this. All right. Uh, i Saddam love this, saying, dude, Saddam I can listen saying, to you all day. <laughs> I can go on. Yeah, hey, I, I'm Saddam
1: listening, is dude. Saddam Hussein
2: claimed to be Nebuchadnezzar, right? Go look it up. Uh, you know, you guys think I'm crazy, but go look it up. He had paintings. He had artworks. He had statues made of him as Now, who Nebuchadnezzar? is Nebuchadnezzar
1: for our listeners? Not me, because I totally know who he is. But for the listeners, <laughs> who, who, who is Nebuchadnezzar?
2: He was, he was one of the uh, kings of, of Babylon. Uh, so one of the biblical stories in the kings of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar was the lead king, and he was constantly at battle with people like the Moabites. Now, realize what happened on uh, Shakanah, OK? Um, here we have Saddam Hussein claiming to be Nebuchadnezzar reincarnated, having all his artworks and depictions of himself as Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and the America comes in and attacks him with the Shakanaw. Well, the shock and awe is a play on the Hebrew goddess, the Shekinah, which plays a heavy role in Freemasonry. The Shekinah is that powerful force, that uh, energy of the universe, if you will. And so the Shekinah force is, is female. It's a goddess. It's a Hebrew goddess. The Shakinah, Shekinah, is a play on that word. And we come down and we strike Nebuchadnezzar, Saddam Hussein, with the mother of all bombs, is what they called it, which is the Moab. The Moab, the Mother of All Bombs, which is the people that Nebuchadnezzar was fighting, uh, you see. Oh <laughs> so it's my god! Magic, yeah,
1: that is insane. I yeah. that's incredible, dude. That's and then they say, you know, like the weapons of mass destruction was a Stargate. Did you ever hear that theory?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, the whole thing of them going into the uh, the the museum, stealing particular items. Um, the, the Stargate theory definitely is intriguing and holds me. I'm, I haven't given up on that one yet.
1: That's so interesting, man. It's so, it's like all goes back to some old school, you know, just like old, old school, like even like, you know, my friend who was talking to me about, uh, the Bible, we had my friend on the podcast and he was talking about the lost tribes of Israel and how, like, England and America, he thinks of the Lost Tribes of Israel. And how all this stuff goes way, way back to old fights, man. Old right. fights. Wow. That's unbelievable, man. That's that's incredible.
2: Oh, wow, man. We live in man, You, you want to take it to the future with Michael Jackson? Oh, please. Please. <laughs> uh, for some reason, this uh, spurred and inspired me to talk about this. Please do, dude. The- the future, right? With Michael Jackson. So uh, the the whole plan here now is this transhumanist agenda. As we move into this AI setup situation, we're getting ready to transfer our bodies into computers. And you know, pretty soon it'll be like, are you in the cloud, br- brother? You know, There won't be hard drives for long. Just so you guys know, we're not going to have hard drives much longer. Everything will be in the cloud. Everything will be an app, uh, but including you, right? And so... Uh, Michael Jackson actually was heavily into all of this and went running around with Uri Geller. And Uri Geller is an Israeli psychic that would bend keys on television, bend spoons and all of that stuff. Uh, But he was also utilized by the elite to channel these extraterrestrial influences, which they called the nine. Uh, You can find this in the Stargate conspiracy. I guess that's why this popped into my head. We were talking about the Stargate. Um, So. Uri Geller was running around with Michael Jackson and they were trying to find a way to save their souls forever. You know, Michael Jackson already slept in a cryogenic chamber and all of this drinking it. But, um, so if you watch this movie called home movie, There's a robot house. It's a movie about weird houses. And there's a robot house. And the roboticist of that house openly admits that Michael Jackson had hired him to build a robot for him to put his soul into. Mm -hmm. And his wife's like, shh, shh, we're not supposed to talk about any of that, right? (laughs) But it made it into the documentary. Um, I could see that for sure. Yeah. So then you go to Clone Aid. And you'll go and find that Clone Aid. Now, Clone Aid... Was founded partially funded by uh, this character ra L, who spoke before Congress about human cloning. Right? He was dressed up in a puffy white spacesuit with a Star of David and swastika around his neck, uh, which I have a very crazy story about how he got that. How would he get but, that? <laughs> from the Twin Tower architect, that's a, a master magician. The guy who I made the Twin the Towers
1: a master magician.
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: we're not talking Reno magic. We're talking like. Like spiritual magic, like real yeah, magic, deep magic. Yeah, yeah,
2: an artist and magician. Uh, his name was Paul Laffoley I have all his artwork there on my channel as well. Uh, Paul Laffoley I had him on the show. He has Asperger's, so people didn't really take him serious, but he's this super genius, and I've met him a, a number of times now, and, and now he's dead. Uh, but he came on my show, and he's talking to me about uh, his art, which is this very thing uh, transdimensional intercommunication, uh, mind control. He wanted to build a time dilation device that would require a thirty-foot genetically modified jellyfish as its power source. He was thrown out of uh, <laughs> out of uh, Yale or Harvard for being uh, mentally deviant for for thinking of ideas just too far outside of the box for them. They they literally threw him out of Harvard, I believe it was. So um, he turned to an artist. He's an amazing painter that does these esoteric works that are actually magical devices. Really? Uh, you Go look at Paul Lafley's artwork. I have a lot of it on my YouTube. I have a lot of it on my uh, website. And you can check it out. So I have him on the show, and I'm like, you know, Paul, you come up in the weirdest places, and, well, it turns out you were an architect for the Twin Towers, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, it's Bin Laden's that built that building. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, they came in. They asked me where to put the demolition charges. You know, I'm like, what do you mean demolition charges? We are going to blow it up? And he's like, well, you know, eventually. Uh, and so Paul Aveley was the one who was asked by the Bin Laden's to design the the inner workings of the, exp- uh, the demolition system for the Twin Towers oh when he was putting God. it on paper. Right. He's like, I haven't even built it yet um that so is yeah <laughs> he, he was the guy
1: now you predicted 9-11 what 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 made you think something was going to happen
2: and how did i get that date how did right? you
1: get that date for yeah. sure
2: okay so this goes all the way back to bill clinton and uh i've been a huge uh opponent of bill clinton ever since uh, waco <laughs> and uh All of the nefarious dealings and all the deaths and the drug running and all the things that you can collect around the Clintons. Now, this is in the 90s, folks. You know, it's still going on, obviously. How many more deaths? You know, poor. I I mean, I can't I can't say, you know, Bourdain, but, you know, Bourdain. Um, Oh, oh my God. Yeah. We just did something (laughs) on that. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But okay, So um, during the Bill Clinton era, he was trying to pass or the people around him trying to pass the Homeland Security Act, right? And everybody's like, no way, you're crazy. So every October 1st, this Homeland Security bill came back up and everybody said, this is the most unconstitutional thing, no way, not going to touch it. And so I I started to think, well, you know, if they really wanted this to pass, they're going to need something major to happen, right? I didn't know the word false flag yet. I didn't know of Alex Jones yet. I didn't know anything yet, right? I said, they need something big to happen here some sort of terrorist attack and it needs to happen somewhere in the middle of September because it's going to take about two weeks for public reaction for them. When that bill comes back in October for them to say, Oh yeah, let's sign that now. So it didn't happen. Right. I kept talking about it for three years. I was like middle of September guys, watch this, you know, watch out. But I didn't know, you know, I never know that I'm right. I just have these thoughts and you know, so well, so I'm, I, I continued to learn the esoteric arts, the Kabbalah, the magical practices, and all of a sudden I hear this rumbling of W, W, coming up to the surface. Now, W is a a code for the fallen angels in Kabbalah, 6 and 6, V and V. Hitler even put it on his Volkswagen logos.
1: Yeah, Uh, people don't realize that when we were going through these these symbols, you look at the VW and you're like, okay, that's a V and a W or the Volkswagen, it's not a VW. According to some, it's three Vs.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's Which is two six Vs, six six. Two Vs interlaced, right? Yeah. That's your Volkswagen logo. So yeah, you got three V's with the third being made. So in Hebrew, the letters or the number six is the letter V. And so in Hebrew, which Adolf Hitler, okay, another magical group for you to look into, theosophy, right? He was a follower of Madame Blavatsky and the Theos- Theosophical Society, another Kabbalistic that believed in these Aryan races and the, the divine beings, and where Hitler got all of that. He carried around ISIS and veiled with him all the time. Uh, it was, uh, you know, theosophy, another magical order to, to research, that brought this whole idea of the supreme race to Hitler. That's why he was looking for blonde hair, blue eyed people because he wasn't blonde hair, blue eyed, right? He's like dark. You know, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you so think he, he was
1: a Rothschild?
2: There's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of stuff to lead that way. There's, yeah. I mean, I don't know yet, but I definitely have a book this thick on my shelf about it. <laughs> um, I haven't read it. <laughs> not, we're not really important to me at this point, you know. <laughs> so Uh, funny where a story about michael jackson will go yeah but yeah now we're up to hitler and uh (laughs) and the the symbolism that you see because w when i heard that i said oh man they're gonna force this guy into office and they're gonna make it obvious they're gonna make it so obvious you guys get mad and uh because when they took bill clinton down for having for inserting a cigar into his secretary which they openly admitted on public television internationally letting the world know that our president was having infidelity with a cigar with Monica Lewinsky and him turning purple and having to take numerous numerous bathroom breaks right They don't do that to our president. And this was the key ingredient to me. I was like, no, no, this is like burning national security. You know, you might as well just blow the country up. Right. If we're going to take our president down on international television and speak of things like inserting cigars into your secretary, this is not right. So I said, this is part of a program, obviously. And I learned of social engineering and I said, "Okay, well, what would they do next? Well, they'll force a president in office because they just took down this ideal, the man, right? They made Clinton like a normal dude that went on, you know, um, Arsenio Hall playing his sax and all that, right? Yeah. He was just a normal old guy. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, So, they took him down, right? And so, for me, that was the first step. So, I said, okay, what will they do? They'll force a man into office and they'll make it obvious because this will be voter fraud and this will be like uh, losing control. Everybody will feel like they've lost control in the system. So, they're going to force this guy W into office because W is the symbol of the fallen angels. And then uh, that happened. And I said, see, I told you this was going to happen. And so, uh, I bet this will be the year that they do the major terrorist attack because I've already been talking about it for three years. And I said, you know, it's going to happen this year. Then I learned of HW, right? His dad. And of course,
1: shady as shit, dude. Right. CIA, all that, you know, pretty much behind two, uh, presidential assassinations. He, uh, definitely was a JFK and there's a strong argument that he had something to do, allegedly, with uh, the, the attempt on Reagan. When you find out that, you know, Hinkley is old oil money uh, back in the right. day with his daddy and, uh, you know, with him. They, the Bushes and the Hinckleys were good friends. George Bush Jr. openly admits that.
2: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, let's not forget Prescott and back to the Nazis again. Right. Unbelievable. Uh, The Nazis
1: didn't get beaten. They didn't get destroyed. They just entered an expansion draft and everybody picked the best, the best players. Right. They picked the best Nazis.
2: Yeah, yeah. They, they started all the corporations that fund the rides at Disney. Yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, look into RCA, folks. Look into Telefunken. And, uh, and tell me that we're not running by Nazi corporations. They just became corporations. Now they're making glow-in-the-dark sheep in Uruguay. <laughs> look it up. You know, come on. You know, they're the head of this transhumanist sphere. I mean, I'm waiting for glow-in-the-dark poodles. Yeah. Uh, But they got glow-in-the-dark cats, glow-in-the-dark sheep, you know, glow-in-the-dark pigs. They made sheep. Why are they making them glow-in-the-dark? They only made sheeple. Sheeple. Yeah, they made a sheeple. There's a human Uh, sheep out there? Yes. Well, no, they weren't brought to life. Uh, They were a proof of concept. They grew human pancreas inside of a sheep. And so they they crossbred using this technology CRISPR which is gene-splicing technology you can do in your own home kitchen. Uh, well, gene-splicing anyone? And they're making gene-spliced everything, right? Uh, there's there's chimera of all sorts. And the glow-in-the-dark cats, for instance, they were given this uh, jellyfish uh, DNA. Now, I remember Madonna has a DNA cleanup crew that follows her around, and you just got to wonder why. But, um, you know, they put these jellyfish genes into the DNA of the cats and the pigs and the sheep to make them glow in the dark so that they can track certain uh, enzymes and things inside of the the animal and see what's working and what's not. And that's how they decided that they could actually grow human body parts inside of sheep, cows. What have they crossed us with so far? Sheep, cows and pigs, I guess. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, well, because hy-
1: organ trafficking is huge business. Like it's huge business. Getting new yeah. organs to people huge business that's a lot of this human trafficking a big problem with that is that you just see people getting their organs just taken just unbelievable
2: yeah yeah and now they can just clone you and grow an extra body part and you can have that if you can deal with the idea of having a brain dead clone of yourself Uh, but they're figuring out ways to grow them into other animals you know honey boo boo i got a pig heart Uh, (laughs) Which brings me to Trump. He's part of the honey boo boo effect. You see, Bill Clinton was taking down the man. Uh, W was losing the voter fraud, losing control of the system. Obama was uh, the end of the Constitution, uh, ineligible president. I actually predicted the birther movement on air before we even heard of Obama. And then Donald Trump is the honey boo boo effect, what I call the honey boo boo effect, which you can relate to idiocracy. Right. We're just making America look horrible to the rest of the world and to Americans. And so it's been this whole trifecta. I think we just lost the air. No. We're still still there. Okay. I hear you. You're great. I went. I went dead for a second. Maybe we're getting so deep they're Uh, trying
1: to stop us. That's how deep this is,
2: dude. Right. Right. Because let me just say this quickly for your audience: Uh, go and watch the debates again with Hillary and Trump, and look at what they talk about. Okay. First thing they talk about: they bring Bill Clinton's rape victims up on stage, right? They bring four of his women out there and say, "Look, these are the ones that Bill Clinton raped." Okay. So that was the first thing I pointed out, right? And then. Donald Trump stands up, and says, it's all rigged, it's all rigged, voter fraud, voter fraud. That was the W being forced into office. And then he says, you know, it was me that got Obama to release his birth certificate. They spent 10 minutes of Hillary and Trump's debate on birth, the birth certificate issue, right? Go watch it again and see. Uh, everything that I had outlined for 18 years was compacted into that Trump-Hillary rela- or debate and had nothing to do with either one of them. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, what is, what does Bill Clinton's victims have to do with it? What does yeah. the uh, Barack's birth certificate have to do with it? Yeah. Everything I said, it you was, could see. It. it was very interesting because like the birth certificate thing,
1: that was a, you know, everybody blames Trump for that being out there. I mean, you were talking about it earlier, but in terms of when it became an issue, which they spun into racism, right? If you're questioning Obama's where Obama's from, um, there, you know, that's that's racist. That's what they made you think about that. But what they don't realize is the person who started that in terms of a, a national level was uh Hillary Clinton. She tried to use that on him when uh, she was running for president the first time at the Democratic Party and she got out beat by uh Obama. Um, <clears throat> which is interesting because this will bring us into Freemasonry and the Egyptians. You know, you were kind of talking about the eye of the pyramid on on the dollar um, is 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 the Egyptian and all that stuff. This is, again, alien stuff. Is that what you were saying earlier? It's uh, there's a lot of alien stuff with that. When you talk about Elser Crowley, uh, according to one of your videos, he channeled this alien and wrote the book of law. Is a lot of this spirituality, this black magic uh, basically have to do with aliens?
2: I believe in ancient civilizations and uh, civilizations that have gone on long before we have history, and so I don't believe aliens came and plopped the pyramids on planet Earth. I, I don't buy into the ancient alien hypothesis as it is told to us at this point. Um, these they would call these god forms, you know, that they were channeling, that they were getting into communication with, were god forms that were arc, um, you know, known as archons now as well in this in the new forms. But, um, the, the ones that got into the extraterrestrial communication openly, the, was the Typhonian order of the OTO. And this would be, um, Oh, the guy who took over for Crowley lost his name in my brain right now. But, uh, if you look into the Typhonian order of the OTO, then you find this open communication with extraterrestrials. Otherwise, it's, it's God forms that they were connecting with these archetypal forces that control everything.
1: Like, you know, everybody thinks angels, but those could easily be just aliens, right? I mean, the,
0: you know. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, when you start digging into the ancient alien hypothesis, you definitely have to take in, if you take in high civilization that was destroyed in the ancient past, because Freemasonry will tell you Atlantis, Atlantis, Atlantis. You can't escape it. Uh, same with... Uh, uh, gosh, names are slipping me today. Dude, you're
1: dude. I'm so impressed with your retention. You, you're allowed to miss a couple cause your brain's full of so much info. It's totally fine. Don't even worry about it. you're on a podcast that is hosted by a guy that fucks up everybody's name. So you're, you're killing right now. You're killing it. You get an A plus by the listeners.
2: God oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. No problem. Uh, Let's get into. So yeah, okay, go on high civilizations in the ancient past. Uh if you have knowledge of uh these cyclical catastrophes right then you got knowledge of galactic weather and you can actually start to plan and predict things and uh, according to what's going to happen so with the with the cosmos you know so we're talking about galactic time and galactic cycles as opposed to like you know solar time and solar cycles But this will tell you about solar cycles, and these guys have been into all of this, and they absolutely believe that there have been high civilizations in the ancient past that you know were taken out in the floods like Atlantis. Um, Yeah, I believe it all over their work.
1: I believe it. There's some stuff just can't be explained. The amount of intelligent design that is into like pyramid, how they're cut. I believe in totally that there was uh, other. And I think that's a bit uh, other civilizations. You kind of hear that when, you know, in the Matrix movies, they talk about that when he meets the crea- the uh, the uh, architect, he, you know, he's like, you're different yeah. than the ones before you, meaning that there were, you know, I think it, we just end up just into this cycle that ends up with us getting to a point and then a great catastrophe happens and boom, the reset button is hit. Now you yes. have a, you have a, go on, sorry about that.
2: Uh, yeah, well, masonry worshipped the architect, the great architect of the universe, and that's where that architect comes from. Uh, the Matrix is absolutely a straightforward Luciferian story, as you know. he says, oh, it's all light. Uh, I'm not denying that they don't follow this Lucifer story when I said that it's not in the Bible. That's true. It's not in the Bible. But that's not saying they don't follow this same Luciferian story. It just goes much deeper for them. And so The Matrix absolutely is an open Luciferian tale, openly Freemasonic and putting it out there I, I had another point but i forgot it it's
1: fine <laughs> dude it's fine this this is the show to forget your points on it's perfect yeah,
2: it's all good uh no so
1: the the luciferian now is lucifer a bad i mean like an evil in the sense we think evil and uh because it is to illuminate right that's the big thing so the illuminati does it did it start out pure and then got hijacked by dark forces is there a difference between like um Luciferianism or Satanism at what it is and what we perceive it is like the, that where we're own God, like when, you know, Satanists believe we are our own gods, you know, but right. now it's been sp- spun into, or maybe in your opinion, might be it. Uh, you know, where it's like uh, flames eating children, uh, you know, are uh, the darkest of dark, the the, 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 evil personified. Is there a difference in that? Is there a difference in those two things? Um, Absolutely. And has there been this kind of movement over a long time to demonize divine feminism, divine feminism and just like empathy?
2: Yeah, yeah, all of that. (laughs) Uh, Without a doubt, Luciferianism is completely different from Satanism. And then when you're talking about Satanism, you're always like, well, which version of Satanism are you talking about? Uh, If you're into the Church of Satan, then it's all animalistic beliefs. It's, uh, you know, might makes right. And actually, if you were to look at the tenets of the Church of Satan, you would find that that's Americanism. And you could ask any American the tenets of Satanism and see if they believe in these to their heart. And they will all say, yeah, because I had a Satanist on the show and I did that. Um, And so American ideals are from the Church of Satan, which is not. Your official Satanism, like these baby eaters that we see at tops, you know, those are the bloodlines and those are a different breed, a completely different human race, honestly. Uh these Kazarians, are
1: they Kazarians? Are they from the old Kazarian country?
2: Uh I did uh I did have an expert on that talk about that very thing. And yeah, you know, the crypto Jews, Zionist, Kazarian. Uh he gave me the whole history of it and I'm willing to accept that because uh, the Caucasus mountains and the Caucasians that came out of it are mysterious. No one knows where they came from, why they suddenly showed up, and how they managed to conquer everybody and take over everything and build, you know, Rome. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, black nobility, the old banking families from Italy. Yeah.
1: All that stuff. like. I love learning about that, man, because I think that's the real story. You know, and that even goes into Black Pope that we were talking before. And, you know, you bring it up to people. And I have a friend of mine. I talk to him every night. We just have conversations. And he's really down with everything. But when I brought up the Kazarians, he shot it down so quickly. He's like, no, it's not real. I go, well, why do you say? He goes, I read an an article. I go, you read one article? And I really do believe that's what they've turned the internet into is like, just put out this one fucking article that tells you, no, it's not real. And people just want to believe it so badly. They just run with it. They don't, they don't back it up with checks and balances and all. And, and cross check everything. Um, so I want to get into your, uh, uh, something that you have been talking about and you kind of brought, I believe you brought up the guy's name. Uh, you're telling me that cloning is at a really high level right now. And that you think that there's a very famous clone out there. I don't want to say it without you giving it away, Uh, you brought it up earlier. So I'd love to hear your opinion on it.
2: All right. So, yeah, you know, cloning has been going on for quite some time. The first clone, early 1800s, was it just early 1900s? A guy used a baby hair and split an amphibian in half and created two of them, you know. Uh, Cloning's that simple. Right. It's just remove the DNA and shove in some new ones. You know what I mean? Uh, he made his own hand glass tools. When Ian Wilmot cloned Dolly, he didn't expect any attention. He didn't know there was no money in, in cloning at all. Uh, so he cloned Dolly from a breast of a sheep that wasn't even, you know, they don't even know who Dolly's parent was and uh, named her Dolly because he was <laughs> infatuated with Dolly Parton's breast. Who was had, it? You know, uh yeah, <laughs> so that's how Dolly became Dolly. But now we have you know glow in the dark animals and we have cloned animals going on all over. You can clone your pet now, just like you're saying with the stories and the debunking. What happens is they just need to put out one story, right? So there's uh, disgraced Hwang Suk, right? Doctor Hwang Suk uh, is the Japanese, um, Japanese, uh, you know, I think, uh, cloner that that uh, got uh charged with fraud saying that he didn't ever actually clone a human. He claims he did. They claim he didn't. So now every time you hear something about cloning, they're going to say, and disgraced Huang Sook, who fooled the world into thinking he was cloning humans to distract you, just, you know, get you to, quit thinking about this. Oh yeah, that one guy, he couldn't clone anybody. Right. But you go to clone AIDS website, uh, and they'll, they will tell you how excited they are that they have Michael Jackson's DNA. Uh, they're going to clone Michael Jackson. There's a dentist that has John Lennon's tooth in, uh, Canada who plans on bringing John Lennon back. Um, you know, and, uh, cloning is, is going on all the time. It's all the time. What you hear of stem cells, that's human cloning. Um, it's just that they don't bring it to life. You know what I mean? They just clone stem cells, but they're cloning, right? Right. It's the same thing. And it's just a matter of bringing it to life. Uh, they're bringing all kinds of clones to life. Like I say, you can clone your pet, you can clone your everything. Um, so yeah, cloning is simple. And it's done. And like I say, even gene splicing is now simple. You can do it in your kitchen. There was a Kickstarter for you to get your home gene splicing kit. All right. You know, so dude, I, I can barely weapons. make
1: spaghetti at this point, so I, I'm not going to even dabble in gene splicing.
2: <laughs> right? It seems to be awful easy. They're injecting themselves with all kinds of things these days.
1: I wouldn't doubt uh, it.
2: But so, yeah, so I, I started digging into this cloning study. And, of course, Michael Jackson and Uri Geller were big into it, and they were getting there. And um, when I saw Ra'el speak before Congress in his puffy white spacesuit about, you know, yeah, we're going to clone humans and there's nothing you can do to stop it, uh, you know, that was 2000. That was Y2K, and he was, uh, you know, talking about that. So I was getting into there. So all of a sudden, here comes uh, old Barack Obama, And the question of where is Barack Obama from, right? Hawaii, Kenya, uh, someplace else. Well, sure enough, um, a lot of people noticed that Barack Obama looked an awful lot like Akhenaten. Now, let me tell you guys, if they were going to clone anyone, like if the secret orders were going to clone a man and bring him back to life, as I've told you throughout this entire show, it would be Akhenaten, King Tut's dad, this guy who created monotheism. The heart of the Rosicrucian order, the beginning of the Freemasonic order, the man who was born 2,000 years too soon, according to the 33rd Supreme Council, you know what I mean? It would be him. And everybody noticed that Barack looked a lot like Akhenaten, but I decided to take it a bit further. And I started looking into this puzzle. Now, here was the thing. Akhenaten's body had never been reported found. They all believed that it was hidden in this uh, tomb called the KV-55. And they all believed that they had found Akhenaten in this tomb. Uh, But no one ever proved it. And so all of a sudden, Zahi Hawass, a character we could go on for days about, I could talk about Zahi Hawass. He was the the secretary of the Giza Plateau. He was the guy in charge of who could study the pyramids, who could do what, uh, you know, and all of that. And in charge of the the museum in Cairo. So Zahi Hawass suddenly announces out of the blue, uh, by the way, I have Akhenaten's DNA. And this was after I had announced that I believed Obama was the clone, but I couldn't prove it because Akhenaten DNA had not been announced until suddenly it was. The Discovery Channel paid $6 million to build a DNA lab underneath the Cairo Museum. This is all open science. And uh, Zahi Hawass then uh, brought out the DNA of the entire Akhenaten family, which, which really got strange because when I was working on Obama Akhenaten what I had said was uh, also the next part of the puzzle is an incoming asteroid to destroy all life on planet earth so I made a picture of Barack Akhenaten what I call him and I put an asteroid hurtling towards his head in this artwork well two weeks later maybe one week later they announce oh my god there's an asteroid hurtling towards planet earth that's going to destroy all life in 2029 or 2036 well its name is Apophis well guess what Apophis is Akhenaten's Satan, right? Really? uh, Yes. And it came from a group of asteroids known as the Aten, which is Akhenaten's god. And it happened right as I had predicted it would happen as they announced this. And Apophis was also a character on Stargate, uh, SG-1, who looks exactly like Barack Obama. As a matter of fact, the SG-1 crew, and this was found out by the Stargate fans, not by me, uh, are identical to the Barack Obama administration. So you go look at each of the characters, uh Hillary's in there as well, but uh each of the characters from SG1, which was long ago guys, 96 or something like that, I don't remember. Uh SG1 is the Barack Obama administration. Each character in Obama is Apophis in this uh, So now we got an asteroid named Apophis coming towards planet Earth and uh, Barack Obama in the, you know standing there as the hero. Well, somebody says to me, well, have you ever seen Barack Obama, or uh, Akhenaten's uh, mother, Queen T? And I was like, no, actually, I hadn't looked into Queen T yet. So, I go look into Barack Obama's, or uh, Akhenaten's mother, Queen T. Now, she's an anomaly. She's an Anubian, Anubian that's uh, brought into the Egyptian royalty. She started at four years old. No one knows how she ended up being Egyptian royalty. She's a mystery. But the biggest statues in Egypt of the pharaohs are Queen T and her husband, Amenhotep III, I think he was, because Akhenaten was Amenhotep IV, if I'm getting that all straight. Um, They're called the Colossi of Memnon, and now they're called the Singing Colossi because they make these weird noises as the wind blows. But that was Queen T, and they're shown as giants with these little people at their feet. And when you look at the picture, okay, so what I did... I have an artwork out there of the whole family of Barack's entire, the Obamas. Uh, And if you look at Michelle Obama and Queen T, I have their faces split. I have it on my website so that you can do it for yourself. Don't have to trust me. Here's a picture of Queen T. Here's a picture of Michelle. Cut them in half yourself. And uh, they're identical. I mean, they are identical. No, no, you don't need to manipulate nothing. You know, you just cut them in half you can't even tell i did it in the picture right so now i'm like oh my god this is even more because we didn't have a picture of akhenaten like that we only had statues of him so i didn't have something to really put it in so then we're looking through the the works of akhenaten and, and pharaoh books and such and you realize that he's always depicted with his two children his two daughters <laughs> No way. Right. So sure enough, I go and find pictures of the Akhenaten's two daughters and they're Malaya and Sasha with cone heads. Oh. They're exact. I mean, they're exact. You can't do this. right? One of them's got skinny face. One of them has a you know, chubbier cheeks and, and they're identical. So now it's the entire family. Then the Secret Service gives the Obama names. right? And they call Obama renegade. Well, that's what they called Akhenaten, the renegade pharaoh, right? They called Michelle renaissance. Well, that means bringing it back to life. Uh, And then they called uh, the children rosebud and radiance. And these are the only two other things you see in the artwork of Obama with his family, or Akhenaten with his family, is the radiance of the attend coming down with the hands and the rosebuds that they're offering up to it. Radiance and rosebud are the children's names by the Secret Service. I mean, it went on and on to the point, you know, like I say, Zahi Hawass announcing, oh, by the way, I have their DNA uh, uh, on the very week that I'm trying to prove this to the public. Sorry, my dog is <laughs> getting tangled up in my microphone. Well, right?
1: that's beautiful. So hold on. Uh, so I know I love I could listen to this all day, dude. I love this stuff. I could listen yeah. to it all day. My only question is this. How long have they been cloning people? I mean, Barack Obamas like what, 55? Like how how would they clone him and then put them in like I know that there's some stuff about Michelle Obama that people say is really weird like I don't think there's any pictures of her as a, maybe I'm wrong or like she right. there's no pictures of her when she was pregnant or there's all right. this mystery around the Obamas, you know? Cuz they are such a unique like, you know, political family. But how could they, what point did they clone them if they cloned them?
2: Yeah, now what we do know is there's a town of twins that uh, was reportedly created by Mengela, the Nazi uh, eugenicist, the Nazi scientist, who was into all these cloning and twin studies. And there, are, there is a town of twins in Uruguay, Paraguay, Paraguay, Uruguay, one of those, uh, where the Bushes have their ranch, right? Because that's where all the Nazis go when, after right. paperclip, they go to Par- Paraguay. right? Uh, and so there is a town down there in Paraguay near there of twins that is believed to have been crafted by Mengele. So you're at least going that far back to cloning practices. And like I say, um, cloning is not difficult. Anyone can do it. Uh, if you have the right tools, it's not that difficult. Like so. I can
1: understand, like I, I'm open-minded to cloning. I think it's an interesting thing. And I, I'm definitely thinking they're cloning, you know, they can clone your pet. They could do it, but how, how, and I'm not and asking just cloning monkeys. Yeah. How do they, how do they clone somebody and then stick them in to a situation? Like we always say, oh, they just, let's say Dave Chappelle, they clone Dave Chappelle, right? That's what they're saying now. But how do they put, Dave Chappelle's personality into this clone. So he could go up there and rip all these jokes and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm just wondering you know, right. you don't,
2: you don't Now, This is where we might get back to Michael Jackson and the idea of mind transfer technologies. But no, uh, to be clear, a twin, a clone is an identical twin that was born years or months or, you know, thousands of years later. So it's really an identical twin. And obviously they're not the same. Um, You would have to nurture them into a position if you wanted them. You'd have to bring them up into that uh, situation. But now if we start to get into mind transfer technologies, uh, that's when it starts to get a little crazier where you could take the uh, individual and transfer them into the mind of the clone. And that is what Itchkov, uh, this Russian entrepreneur, is trying to do. He went to DARPA with this whole thing uh, to say, I have this avatar program uh, also, the Royal Society had a, a talk on all this. Just in case you think this is just obscure, it's actually right out there. Um, mine transfer technologies like Blue Brain is one of the mind transfer technology corporations. Now, why is it always blue? I wonder. Interesting. Blue beam, Blue Brain, blue, uh, blue Brain. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you could then uh, transfer it to, uh, uh, you know, this into a mine... Now, strangely, Michael Jackson. All right. Let's get a little weird again, because Michael Jackson, uh, before his death, when actually when he was hanging blanket outside of his window, do you remember that? Yes. His, his baby blanket. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Blanket's real name. Uh, Prince Michael, the third, maybe. Or Prince Michael. I don't know. Anyway, um, on that day, Michael Jackson was buying King Tut's uh, replica of King Tut's golden sarcophagus. It's on the film My Day with Mike or whatever that was when the guy was following Michael Jackson around. He follows him into the store, and, and Michael Jackson buys all these millions of dollars of artwork. I love it. He, buys- he didn't
1: have the money. Just start buying sh- – uh, man, if you can't Just be – yeah, give me two. Yeah, yeah, I'll take two llamas. <laughs> I'll take the elephant man and give me this yeah. – uh, give me King Tut. Well,
2: he bought a replica of the golden sarcophagus of King Unbelievable. Tut. Unbelievable. And when the uh, documentary asked him, you know, well, are you going to be buried in this? He says, no, I'm going to live forever. Yeah. And he was planning on that. Right. So um, Michael Jackson dies. Right. And suddenly there's all this stuff. Michael Jackson didn't die. I mean, I've got a video on my website in the weird video section of him getting out of the coroner's vehicle. You know, so there's plenty to say. They, They took his body off in the middle of the night, snuck it off. And, you know, this was all open news um but suddenly out of nowhere everybody suddenly noticed a, a bust of Michael Jackson or what looked just like Michael Jackson from Akhenaten's Egypt in the Chicago Museum now no one had ever noticed that it looked like Michael Jackson until after his death but suddenly now everybody realized there was a bust of Michael Jackson with the screwed up nose the messed up face how he was looking when he died uh and it's it's from Akhenaten's Egypt. So now we're like, oh my God, is this time travel? Did they open a portal to Akhenaten's period, and could they transfer Akhenaten's mental, uh, you know, brain, uh, his 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 neurological? <laughs> material to Obama, you know what I mean? Like, could they now open this portal to Akhenaten? And then what is it with the time of Akhenaten and all of that? But sure enough, that bust of Michael Jackson, and you go look it up, it's there, uh, from Chicago where Obama's from. And it's, uh, it's Michael Jackson from Akhenaten's time period. And it's, it's it's listed as a unknown female Pharaoh or unknown female. Uh, of course you would think that of Michael Jackson, but yeah,
1: craziness. <laughs> well, Man, I gotta be honest with you, man. This was a wonderful episode. I had a wonderful time. I could listen to you talk for hours, for hours. I could sit here. I, I, I had such a good time. Uh, Freeman Fly, you're a wonderful source of knowledge. I love. uh you're an encyclopedia, and it's it's awesome to hear how deep it all goes and somebody who's been able to chronicle it for such a long time i'm really thankful you came on the show and i hope you had a good time and i hope we can do it again soon man because uh i could listen to you talk forever dude it's was uh, this was you did not you did not let me down this was a great episode and i really i wish ryan could have been here to hear it because uh you were great man
2: you were awesome well, let's do it again let's do it again we'll get ryan in there and Let's Anytime,
1: all the time, dude, you should come on here all the time. Cause I could listen to you. I appreciate everything. So one more time, uh, your podcast and where they can find all your stuff.
2: All right. The free zone with Freeman fly. You can just ask, ask Alexa, <laughs> give me the free zone with Freeman fly and it'll come up. Uh, but yeah, freemantv.com is the website. I'm banned from every social media except for Twitter. So you'll find me there and Instagram. Um, but other than that i'm blocked so uh but youtube and freeman tv.com is the one-stop shop for all of it and yeah you can get my uh the free zone live with freeman on every player out there
1: well you my friend R.G., I appreciate all the hard work and dedication you put into all this stuff and man you blew my mind there's some great stuff to look into and i look forward to uh doing this again very soon man very yeah, simple.
2: let's dig deeper.
1: All right, buddy. You're a G. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you so much. And we'll do it again. Take care. Good luck with everything, my friend. Wow, that was a good show, huh? I love that. Aaron, are we still recording? Yeah. Okay. I don't have the music, but it's time for uh, Aaron's thoughts, everybody.
0: Okay. Wow. Uh, that was a lot of insanity. Um <laughs>
1: I I, well, I thought it was great, man. It's,
0: it's highly entertaining. It's I will a, I will not I love argue it, that. It's I love highly it. entertaining.
1: I think I I believe a lot of it. Uh, I, I I think it's great. I also I mean, there's uh, things that maybe it's not my thing, but you know what, man? I think it's great. I think uh, I wish there were more people like him. It was awesome.
0: Uh, I mean, the one thing I definitely found to be false was the mother of all bombs thing. Uh, we didn't drop that on Saddam. Saddam was dead and. Uh, died in two thousand six. We didn't drop it till twenty seventeen.
1: Hold on, you don't know. In you don't know if they didn't call that mother all bombs before.
0: Uh, we didn't kill him with a bomb, man. He was hung.
1: Well, we did catch him, but we did drop some bombs on them.
0: Well, certainly we dropped bombs on Iraq, but we didn't drop the mother of all bombs because we saved it for twenty seventeen in Afghanistan. I
1: will have to research that. Yeah, go. I ahead. have to research that, sure, dude. Go for it. I, I you
0: know, I have to research that, but. We have to research everything that was just said. Come on, dude. I, I believe a lot of it. I don't think cloning is easy. I think that's kind of nuts.
1: <laughs> I Well, we don't know what degree they're cloning. We to don't clone know. clone a
0: guy that could be the president of the United States? That's pretty high level shit. Hey, man. The entire family?
1: Dude, they're like, what do they say? Like, a technology 70 years in ahead of us? What they have? Ugh. <sighs> Ryan, open your mind, man. There's a world going on Ryan's mind is
0: open. It's Aaron. It's Aaron, Are you, you got to worry about.
1: Did I what I say? <laughs> you just miss Ryan so much. I know. I get it. I, I do. I miss Ryan. I do. All Ryan right. Too. Uh guys, thank you so much. Grab those tickets. Uh this is out and I'm going to put our next episode out the next day. So it's going to be boom boom uh because it is uh September 11th and we always do a uh Uh, Big episode on September 11th. So we appreciate your guys' support. Go to the Patreon. Buy tickets to the live show. We will all see you guys soon. Take care.